Hi, and welcome to the Global Travel Planner Podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Collins, who, with my expert guests, takes you on a journey to destinations around the globe, providing itinerary ideas, practical tips, and more to help you plan your next travel adventure. Hi, in this week's episode of the Global Travel Planner Podcast, our focus is on the Southeast Asian country of Vietnam. If you are planning or considering a visit to Vietnam, I'm sure you will have a myriad of questions and things you'd like to know before you visit. In this episode, I get the lowdown on visiting Vietnam from travel experts Rosen Allen Cuthbertson from frequenttraveler.com.au and stepintovietnam.com. He was actually in Vietnam when we recorded this episode. I started the chat with Ros and Allen by asking them to introduce themselves, share a little bit about their background, love of travel and Vietnam, before delving into essential tips and info to know for first-time visitors to Vietnam. I'm Ros. I'm Alan. And we're from Bundaberg, Australia. And we started travelling um, about 2015. Uh, we had been at, um, we'd lost a few of our family members over a five-year period and we realised that um, life could change in a second and we also realised that, you know, you only have one life, so we decided we were going to go and take off to uh, Thailand and um, first off we thought we might um, retire there, but then we found about about house-sitting and then the whole world opened up to us. So that's the beginning of our story. Yeah, that was in 2015 and when we really loved Thailand. And we had, did think of just before we went that we would just stay in Thailand. But as Ros said, you know, once we started the house sitting, uh, we decided that we would expand our travel. We ended up spending months and months, first time um, over in the, in the UK. We actually spent four months in the UK and only had to pay for three nights accommodation out of the whole four months. The rest of it was all with house sitting, and that led to bigger and better house sits. And, and it also changed. We also went off in different directions in travel. Um, and during that time, we decided that um, we had a lot of people asking us, oh, how do you do that? How do you do that? So we started our website, Frequent Traveller, and started documenting um, our travels. And um, we've, that's where we've gone from there. Yeah, it's, it's grown. Um, it's grown, which has been been very good. And we've met um, so many new people. Um, where we where we used to live, we had a circle of friends, but we've now expanded that to a, another circle of friends worldwide. And with the website, you get so many opportunities to meet other companies and other people, and we go to conferences and what have you. And so that that worked well until uh, until the world changed in 2020, and we came back to our home country of Australia. And from there, we thought, well, we're not really ready to stop. We weren't really in a position that we could just stop because we had our place previously rented out so we decided to start traveling around australia so that's where we started our second website road trip australia and then we've been slowly building that up over the last couple of years and now we started a third website (laughs) (laughs) because we love vietnam it's a bit addictive, isn't it? Because because obviously you know we we so we met at a travel conference, a TBEX conference in in Phuket last November. But I'd already known about you guys because um, I've got friends of mine who live in the UK who are massive fans of of your work, um, and they couldn't wait for. They were so excited about the fact that I was going to meet you guys, um, and that that's how we met. So um, it, it's that's wonderful. That's part of the wonder of of doing what we do isn't it being able to write about the travel we can do what we absolutely love um and we also meet amazing people as we as we we travel as well don't we we do we certainly do we've made a large circle of friends now 
Um, and it's people from different backgrounds, different nationalities. It's been it's been such an eye opener for us. And we've got out of our comfort zone of where we were just in that small uh, circle of friends before. It's been fantastic. Um, it, it's actually changed uh, the way we think. Uh, uh, the world is is really a small place when you think about it, um, and everywhere you go, most of the people are just so lovely. You you might not be able to communicate with them, but you communicate through gestures. It it really is lovely, and, and uh, you find that in Vietnam as well, because uh, we can't speak Vietnamese, um, but people are so ready to be helpful. So, so obviously, we've talked about you've got your, your three websites, and the third website that you have recently started is about uh, Vietnam. And actually, um, so what's really interesting because you've talked about house sitting, and I'm actually interviewing you today sitting in a house sit in New Zealand. <laughs> um, I'm going to have to do a, an episode of the podcast about house sitting, actually. Um, and, and you guys are actually in Vietnam at the moment, um, so you, you're obviously there doing a lot of research, more some more yes, research yeah. for your website to add some more um, some more articles and information to it um and because i'm planning with doug at the moment um to visit vietnam in a few months time um we've had some great conversations about about vietnam so i thought you guys would be perfect ones to come on and um and talk about um about what visitors to vietnam need to know for the first time because obviously for myself and doug we don't speak vietnamese either we've never been to vietnam before and i'm sure quite a few people listening to this podcast haven't been to Vietnam and they're kind of thinking, okay, what are the things that I need to know if I'm going to be visiting Vietnam for the first time? Well, uh, one of the first things you need to know is that it's a very diverse country. Um, it's got a long coastline with fabulous beaches and it's also got mountain areas which um, are stunning views and also cooler climates. So you've, you've got a wide range. Um, you can, uh, of, oh, you've got um, Halong Bay, which is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, so you've got a wide range of um, landscapes to explore. So does the, does the climate change from, you know, month, different months in different parts of the country? Because I know that's something I was thinking because we're visiting in November and I know it, I don't know if that's, that's the best time to go to certain areas of Viet, Vietnam as opposed to others. Okay. Uh, well, uh, yes, it, it does change. It changes. It varies all the way down. But um, probably the best time all round would be between early February and April and December and February. Um, in the north, um, visiting during the spring, March and April and September and November is really good. Um, in the central part, um, visiting during the dry season from March to May uh, and they do have a rainy season there. So the rainy season, uh, the worst time is probably September and October. Well, yeah, September and October. And in the south, they, they have a, a really rainy season, but the best time to visit is during the dry months of December and um, April. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and we've had been before in the rainy season, yeah. and it's not that bad. I mean, it's, it's like all things. I mean, it's just a general guide to what the weather can be like. But like it, it rains, it might rain for about an hour in the afternoon. It'll absolutely pour down, and then it's, it's nothing. Um, that's how this it's not like in our home country of Australia where it'll rain for half a day. It'll just rain for an hour or two. Okay, that's good to know because that's 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 kind of I guess kind of you know something you think about when you think rainy season. Does it mean that's monsoon and it, you just have rain for days and days and days? But it's it's yeah. very different. You just have it for an hour or so of rain. Yeah, and the other things which um, people would 
probably benefit to know about when they come to a place like um, Vietnam is that it's still very much cash society. Uh, cash is king here. Um, <clears throat> they will accept cards at certain establishments like high-end hotels or at, at certain restaurants, but 90% of the transactions are done in cash. Um, so you, it's, it's wise to bring cash with you or bring a card which you can then withdraw cash. ATMs are readily available throughout the country, so you won't have any problem actually getting hold of your cash. Um, some ATMs, of course, will charge will charge uh, ATM fees, which is normal in most countries, but you can work your way around that. One, we use a, a card called WiseCard, um, which allows you to load it up with um, free, uh, sorry, load it up with um, various, various different denominations, and you can withdraw that from the ATMs without paying the ATM fee. In, in, in most cases, <clears throat> the other things, yeah, which is which is really handy. So, do you tend to take a little bit of cash with you and then uh, and then withdraw it when you get there? Because I'm just thinking, because Doug and I are going to be traveling to a few countries before we get to Vietnam, so I don't really want to be carrying carrying too much cash around. So, yeah. would you recommend taking a minimum amount? Uh yeah, not very much at all. I mean, you can actually get here. They've got ATMs at the airport, and in the past we used to bring cash years ago, but now. We just go to the ATM straight at the airport and withdraw it straight from the ATM in local currency. That's not really necessary. There are also money exchanges at the, at the airports. Naturally, they will, they're not as cheap as you can get elsewhere, but, but they, they are there. So it's not um, unnecessary to bring loads of cash because you just take it out as you need it. Um, try the local food. Ah, yes. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> the Vietnamese food, um, it's fresh. It's served with lots of um, herbs. Um, it, it really is fresh and absolutely delicious. So, yeah, get out and, and try the food. Even try market food. If you're going to a night market, try it there. Maybe don't try the um, seafood if it's been sit if it looks like it's been sitting out. But but any anything else, do go do go and try it because it is delicious and variety changes throughout the um, country. It's funny because we've been travelling. Also funny, but we've been okay. travelling for a long time, not just in um, but throughout South, Southeast Asia, and we've eaten street food lots of times, and we've only ever once had a little bit of a tummy upset. Most of the time, it's. Ninety percent of the time has been fine, but that was because I was eating a sausage, and it was a big, really um, busy market, and the sausage wasn't cooked properly. And I was eating it in the dark. If I'd seen it in the in the light, I would have been fine. Yeah, so we we don't really have any problems with that. We just eat eat the because stuff. the food. If you go to a market, a food market, you'll see all the fresh vegetables. And actually, I love going to fresh food markets, and and you will see meat and everything out. But it's been killed. That day, the, the the vegetables have been picked. That day, they're probably fresher than stuff that you're getting in the supermarket. And talking to people that have run restaurants before over here, they source the the, the food from the exact same places that the that the street vendors are getting theirs from. Um, yes. So, is there any favourite dishes that you'd recommend? Is there something so you've got to have that? I, I like mi quang, uh, which is uh, a dish from Da Nang. Um, it's got a quail egg in it, and it's it's got noodles, and and oh, it's just yummy. It's got sort of a, um, it's not spicy, but it's got a a bit of a tang to it. it it's really oh yummy, yeah. And the uh, the main breakfast one is pho, which is spelled P H O, yeah, um, which is pho, and it's it's a soup dish, noodle soup dish, um, and that's eaten traditionally uh, for the morning for the breakfasts. It's like a warm hug. 
It's like that's having a very lot nice. <laughs> that's what I, that's what I had for dinner tonight. <laughs> oh, is it really? Oh, yum. Yeah. Well, you won't have any yeah. trouble finding yeah. that. And, and barmies, of course, everyone knows barmies, and, and yep. yes, yep. They're, they're just delicious. Yeah. But another one is Khao Lao, which comes from Hoi An, um, and that's got special noodles that are made in Hoi An, and there's a special way of making them, and that's got big, that's pork, isn't it? Yeah. Big pieces of pork and pork rind and, and noodles again, and, and that's delicious too. So you've got to try that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing with um, with Vietnam, as with a lot of other Southeast Asian countries, is that you can't drink the tap water. So you've just Ooh, got yeah. to drink bottled water the whole time that you're here. Brush your teeth in it as well. Yeah, brush your teeth on, in it. on the safe side. Yeah, it's cheap. It's okay. not. It's not expensive at all. And it's plentiful. Yeah. So, how much does a bottle of water cost at home in Australia? Well, we pay sometimes about five dollars for a bottle of water, but here you pay twenty cents. You know, it's so cheap. So, and, and traffic. I suppose we were to talk about the, the yes. traffic. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's, a bit, it's a bit daunting when you first land, but um, just remember to. Um, Remember that crossings aren't like crossings at home. Uh, they don't stop for you, uh, but, but still use them. Um, uh, just keep an eye on the traffic as, you know, walk out, step out. The, the motorbikes yeah. normally go around you. Do watch the cars, though. They can't be trusted. Um, if a car beeps you, um, stop because they're not going to stop for you. But in saying that, it, it doesn't take very long for you to get used to it. Yeah. But also be aware that they they ride the bikes up onto the pavement too. So keep keep your eyes open. Yes, and uh, they drive the right-hand side of the road, but but it's not uncommon to see one scooting up on the wrong side of the road. Or we've had them come out of a shop, um, right out of a shop on a motorbike. Um, Just keep your – there's so many motorbikes. It's um, it's like they reckon there's two motorbikes for every single person in the whole country. So – they, it's just, just on steroids. Keep, keep your eyes open. But I do know that, that it won't take long and you'll be used to it and, and yeah, you'll have eyes in the back of your head. Yeah, we've seen handle. some tourists. It's funny because we've seen some tourists come and they stop at the sidewalk to cross the road and they'll just stay there and stay there and stay there. <laughs> and they'll be there all day because there's traffic from that to stop. You've got to bite so, the bullet. Bite the bullet. Just go. Yeah, if you've got a Vietnamese person next to you, when they walk, walk the same time. Them. Yeah, that, that, that's a good one if, if, if there's a... I have to say when we're in Bali in March, quite often Doug would be across the other side of the road and I'd be like, I'm not going. There's just too many motorbikes and cars. And then he'd be like, why aren't you? Why, where are you? I'm like, I'm still over here. Hi. So, yeah, I'll have to... Um, I'm just going to have to follow him closely. He's a little bit more gutsy yeah, than I am. But they, 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 it's 24-7. <laughs> yeah. Ah, cool. yeah. It's fun. It's, it's fun. fun. Yeah. It's part of, part of the, uh, the experience. Um, SIM cards, um, if, you, if you're bringing your phone, you naturally need a SIM card. We tend to start using eSIMs now, which we find quite good. Oh, a lot easier. A lot easier if you've got a modern smartphone. Otherwise, you can get SIM cards at major airports. You won't get them as easily in Vietnam as corner stores like you can in mm. other countries. So if you, if you don't have a SIM card and you haven't got one at the airport, it can sometimes be a little bit more difficult to get one if you haven't taken the advantage of getting so getting an eSIM, we really recommend getting but an eSIM. But eSIM can get any time, yeah. Then, it's then. just uh, we we have just noticed since we've been using it's just so much easier. It takes the bother out of everything. Yeah, yeah. I have to agree with that. I got um, an eSIM when I went back to the UK on my phone, and then I got another eSIM when I was in Greece, and um, I've got another eSIM now. I'm in New Zealand, and I actually have looked at an eSIM that covers 
Japan, South Korea, Vietnam, uh, Cambodia, and Thailand, where we're going to be um, for for the length of time that we need as well. And it's just so much easier. Oh, yes, it is definitely. so much easier. Than, yes. yes, yes. I've always been a little bit nervous about actually taking the SIM card out of my phone and replacing it with another one because I am the sort of person who would lose my, my yeah. SIM card. It's not like they're huge or anything. They're they're really easy to lose. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, so having the eSIM and just flicking through which eSIM I need, um, and like the, the my phone, I use an Android phone, and it, it can have ten eSIMs on it, so it's just perfect. Yeah, um, yeah. No, definitely the way to go. Um, um, and the other thing too, of course, is um, load up your phone with some apps like a, a v, virtual private network, a VPN. We highly yes. recommend that yes. when using public Wi-Fi, yes. of course. Yeah, um, absolutely. Google Maps, download Google Maps. Yeah, you can download Google Maps, which is good if you don't have any uh, reception. And uh, with the other thing we use more and more now is Google Translate. That's got much better over the last few years. And, and we have found that it's being used quite a, a lot, uh, even since last time we came. Yeah, it? even the local Vietnamese would yeah, use it. Yeah, so it's it's a lot easier, made, made it a lot easier. Yeah, so you talk into a little translator. Google Maps, Google Translate. Are there any other apps that you would suggest that I should get on my phone before I arrive? Uh, XE Currency Converter is always handy. Yep. Yes, oh, yeah. yeah, definitely for the currency. Yeah, that's probably the main apps, I'd say. And and the uh, the Grab Taxi app, they don't use Uber here. They use Grab, as they do in yep. Asia, other places. That's very good. So that's a definite. They're the main ones, yeah. Okay, perfect. So have you got any, any other suggestions, anything else that you can think of that, that um, first-time visitors need to know? Uh, if they're taking the train in Vietnam, we would probably suggest booking that in advance if you want a two-sleeper cabin uh, because they do fill up the population. Yes, they, they, they really do. We uh, travelled from um, Hanoi to Hue and we would have liked to have had a two-birth, but, yes, it was booked out months beforehand. So, yeah, yeah get in early. Yeah, yeah having, you can still use the other four birth ones if you oh it was quite time. nice it, it was it was, it was lovely oh, yeah. it was lovely being in the four birth but it would it would have been nice to have the two birth yeah getting around in vietnam flying is very cost effective the the air there's quite a few to choose from and it is often cheaper than uh than going by bus and things like that and a lot well, quicker of course yeah it would be cheaper than getting a a, a train a, a the sleeper train. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, another thing too, if you're in a hurry, it's just easier to take take to fly. Mm. They're not they're not expensive flights. I think. Um, well, following your advice, because we had a chat about my um, our itinerary when I was designing it. So, so we're going to be we're, we're actually taking the train, and I did get the two <laughs> births. So I'm very excited <laughs> about that. I can't wait. I can't wait to hear all about it. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, yeah, I'll be talking about that on the on the podcast when once we've been and and seeing how that's gone, and then we're going to be flying as well. So we'll be getting the flight from Da Nang down to Saigon, Ho Chi Minh City, um, and we're taking a bus. We're actually getting a bus from Saigon to Phnom Penh. So we're going to be doing all of the different types. You'll get of covered. That's great. <laughs> so we'll report back and and say how we've found it. So. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be, I'm really excited about it. It's going to be so good. And you guys have helped so much, um, you know, with giving us some ideas about um, the places to visit and, and um, like I say, not just sharing the, the top tips and things that we need to know, which is really helpful. Because I think sometimes when you, when you start planning an itinerary, you get, you actually focus a lot on the where am I going to go and where am I going to stay and what things do I want to do, which is obvious, but actually what you need to be thinking about before all of that is this kind of practical 
what what are the practical things I need to just keep in my head when I'm planning this trip? Yes. So so those are very useful tips that you've given. But um, one thing I did want to ask you about um, was because um, obviously Doug and I is going to be our first time visiting Vietnam. Um, and I, I wanted to find out from you guys, because you are seasoned travelers to, to Southeast Asia and to Vietnam, what would be the one place or one experience that you would um, suggest that anyone visiting Vietnam for the first time should, should include in their itinerary? And I know you've got two different two different places and things you want to talk about. So I don't know if uh, you want to start, Roz? Okay. Um, Hoi An. Yep. Um, only be, um, because it's a UNESCO World Heritage – I can't even try and get that up. <laughs> UNESCO World Heritage Site. Yeah. And um, it used to be a, an old seafaring port and it's got all the ancient building, all the old buildings. It, it, it's, it's got a golden glow at night time. Um, they, they go and put lanterns on the, on the river and uh, it's just so pretty. It, it really is. That's one place that you definitely need to go to. And also it's, it's got beaches. Um, it's got beaches, a five-minute um, drive down the road, and it's close to Da Nang. So you've got a, a really a good trio there when you go to visit. It's beautiful. I wish I could. They've it's called the City of Lights. They have lanterns and they have uh, and boats going down the, at night time with lanterns on. It's a beautiful place. Yeah, it, it's uh, a fun place to be. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm really looking forward to. We've got four. We've included four nights there, so I I'm excited to visit. And the other the other place which we recommend definitely is the um, UNESCO World Heritage Site of Halong Bay, which is um, from Hanoi, about three yes. hours drive from Hanoi. Um, it's a must-see for any visitor first time to Vietnam. It has a reputation of being beautiful, and words can't describe how beautiful it actually is. You can do um, you can do various trips. They originate from Hanoi. They'll pick you up and take it to um, Halong Bay. Uh, you can do a day trip where you can go there and come back in the same day. You go on a boat, you have lunch, you get to go to the caves, you can do a bit of kayaking, things like that. Um, if you've got the time and you can spend a night there, you can do a one night overnight tour, which will go further around the bay looking at different things. Uh, and then, and they have nighttime activities like dinner. Uh, you have drinks on board the boat. They do a bit of course, squid fishing, things like that. And then the other one is uh, like a two night one, uh, which takes you uh, even deeper around the bay because it's very, very big. There's thousands of islands apparently. It's so, so huge. Um, and uh, each one is, is, um, is spectacular. And it, it is definitely a must for anybody going to Vietnam is to go to Halong Bay. Uh, we've done it twice. We've gone on the, the day trip one, uh, which was well worth it. If you're st- uh, strapped for time, doing the day trip uh, one will we'll do. You'll, you'll see quite a bit. Uh, and we also had um, the overnight one. And, and waking up in the morning um, to Halong Bay was just uh, unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, and the food's very good, and they have little boats coming up to to sell you uh, wares uh, as you're floating around, and and you can you can be as adventurous or not adventurous as you want to be. You know, I mean, if you want to go swimming and stalking, you can, um, and you want to go kayaking and exploring caves, you can. Or if you just want to sit on the on the boat and relax with a drink, watching the sun go down, that's fine too. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, oh, it sounds perfect. Sounds absolutely perfect. I'm very excited about going to visit. You guys are definitely getting me really I'm just looking forward to it so much. So much. So, and obviously, so how much longer are you gonna be in, in Vietnam now, next few weeks or? Uh yeah, it's down to two weeks now. So we're yeah. coming to the end of it unfortunately. About a week and a half, yeah. 
Certainly and, again. But, we're, in oh, place, we're in a place called Kentucky. Kentucky. Pronunciations really hard. Yeah, Kentucky. I think. Yeah, it's 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 on the Mekong Delta. It's um it's a few hours below Ho Chi Minh City. Uh, we where we're staying, we we look out over the Mekong Delta. Oh wow! There's boats going past, and um, you know, little boats, big boats. Oh yeah, it's it's magnificent. Yeah, beautiful. Well, we'll have to have you on the on a podcast, a future episode of the podcast, to talk about your um, your itinerary and, and where you've been on this trip. And uh, oh, that would be really good. Um, but for this episode, I just want to thank thank you both so much for agreeing to come on and talk about Vietnam. Obviously, in the show notes, I'm going to link to your um, your website, and if you've got any photos that we can put in, we'll put those in the show notes as well. So, listeners, you can you can go and take a look at at Ros and Alan, and I'll put some links onto their um, their websites and to their social media so pop along on on instagram and give them a follow and i know you guys are on youtube as well so um yeah pop along and and follow follow along with them uh, and find out more about vietnam so thanks so much for coming on thank you very much for having us tracy thanks tracy appreciate that you can find this week's show notes at tracy's travels forward slash episode four which includes links to ros and alan's websites frequenttraveler.com.au and stepintovietnam.com. Next week, we are chatting with Tess Moon of TessSomewhere.com about her recent four-month trip with her husband to Japan and Europe. So until then, happy global travel planning. Bye.